Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Seize the air.
somebody you've been having a a pain in your breast then I see the healing hand of almighty God delivering you right now and that swelling inside go right now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I feel pain leave now in the name of Jesus I rebuke and bind and destroy that spirit of infirmity and disease I command your eye to heal I command your eyes to heal I command blindness to lose short-sightedness to go long-sightedness to go in the name of Jesus Other than like they've threatened to fire you. You left work and they were you were exposed. They they were telling you they're going to fire you. You look like you're going to lose your job. Thus saith the Lord, you're not going to lose it. You're not going to lose it. You're not going to lose it. And you'll testify very soon. And this video will be played. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this evening. I must decrease and you must increase.
speak to us today. In Jesus' mighty name. Let's open our Bibles, the book of Proverbs 23. 23. Proverbs 23, 23. If you're there, you say amen. amen. Proverbs 23, 23. If you're there, you say amen. Are you there? Are you there? One, two, three, let's go. Uh-huh. 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 Read it again. Buy truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. One more time. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Hallelujah. The Bible says buy truth and sell it not. Praise God. Praise God. The Lord has been speaking to me about the transition that we are going through as a ministry. And um, I need to warn you, today is Fanero 80, right? Today is going to mark another transition we are going to enter. Hallelujah. Um, A few things are going to change in the way we've been ministering. Um, why? When we're speaking in Fanero, we speak to many people. Some are two weeks old, some are two months old, some are three months old, some are one year, some don't understand, some come to prove you wrong, some don't know the difference. You understand? Some not too much. So that's the kind of people we've been ministering to. But the Lord has placed on my spirit the urgency to redeem time. And it might, you might start to hear in a few weeks that the things he's saying are too complicated. You understand? But it is because we are trying to redeem time. We are out of the time Not to be complicated. You understand? These in their own are not going to take away the simplicity which is in Christ. Because anything that takes away the simplicity which is in Christ is corruption. But they'll have a complication for people who have not walked certain places. Are you hearing me? And that is why I'll urge some of you who have just joined to follow up on some of the sermons from where we come from. When you do, you'll have appreciation of why we must move so fast. Because I feel that we must redeem time in the way we minister. Praise God. It, it, we might, you might not understand some things in the future, but you'll understand them as time goes on. All of us who are like that. You understand? How many of you at first you didn't understand, but now you've started, you started understanding later? Put up your hand. Totia, such that the people who have not put up, they will understand you are not alone. Praise God. But over time, I want you to endure. I assure you, you will understand some of you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to be speaking a few things that are a bit not... They might be straightforward to some of you, but I ask you to open your spirit uh, 
to, re to respond to them more intimately, you realize there's way more crazier things in there than what meets the eye. So Proverbs 22, 22 says, buy truth and sell it not, wisdom and instruction and understanding. Hallelujah. I thank God that we have the ability or he has given us the strength uh, to access truth, to access wisdom and understanding, to buy it, but yet the instruction is sell it not. Or don't do anything that seems like you're selling it. Hallelujah. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Praise God. That is why we don't sell certain things in this ministry. <laughs> you understand? We don't sell truth. We buy it, but we don't sell it. You understand? Freely given, freely... Okay? So, let me start this way. A few days ago, I was, I was in my bed. And like, like, like in, a, in an instant... My spirit left the body. And when I have those experiences, they are too detailed. Though in their happening, they are too fast, but very detailed. You understand? And that's how I know that God speaks. That's when I design such things. Because, again, the Bible says the spirit quickeneth. Okay? Not just the quickening speed, but really the ability to engage you, the human life, by the life of God. You understand? In other words, the way you adopt as a human being is different from the way God adopts. You understand? So quickening is when the life of the spirit engages the life of man. In other words, you can't respond uh, to it as a man if you have to keep up with it. You also have to, to, to respond to it as a spirit. You understand? That's the essence of quickening. The root word there for quickening in the scriptures, the Greek words there, they, they borrow the experience of a generator and, and live electricity. Let's just say the generator is the life of God. When electricity is on and then it chucks, you understand? And then you have a standby generator that is automatic. The moment it engages life, and then starts, that is called quickening. You understand? So the experience of quickening means that the life of God takes over the life of the human being. You understand? And so the abilities as a human being cease. And then you start to function under the abilities as a spirit being. So in that likeness, it was a morning. It was probably about 5 a.m. in the morning. The Lord carried me, you understand, and took me to a certain place. And by reason of the call of God upon my life, you understand, every form of illumination comes to a man as to the call of his life. You understand? The teacher sees as a teacher. The prophet sees as a prophet. An apostle sees as an apostle. And a preacher sees as a preacher. You understand? And that's why when the Bible says, and we behold like in the mirror, many people don't understand that these mirrors have lenses. In other words, the way you see God sometimes is not the way this dear sister sees God. And so it's wrong for us to judge people by the fact that they've not seen how we've seen. Are you understanding? There are diversities of gifts, same spirit. Diversities of operation, same spirit. Diversities of administration, same spirit. You understand? So, when we look through the scriptures, the Bible says we behold like in a mirror. Like in a mirror. And because it is a glass, okay, like the Amplified says it, the revelation you have about Christ relates with the way you receive from him. You understand? God speaks to us by the way we relate with him. You understand? There are things he can't show certain people. Not because he doesn't want to, but because 
they will trample on them. You understand? They might not understand them. It depends on how God deals with you. And as you grow in him, you realize he will speak to you differently. Some people think that God speaks the same way to every man. No. God doesn't speak the same way to every man. And that is why when he's telling Paul, he tells him that I have appeared unto thee for this reason. To be both a witness and a minister of the things that thou hast seen. And of those things in which I will appear unto thee. In other words, I might not appear in the physical body as the Christ. But there are those things in which I will appear. And those are going to be experiences. You better be mature enough to understand them. Both to be a witness and a minister. Because what you witness, the Lord expects that you will minister in the same. If you don't have the ability to minister something, chances are that you didn't receive fully in the witness. You understand? The lenses by which you saw those things was not clear. What makes us ministers of the gospel is because we have witnessed certain things. Are you hearing me? So the life of salvation, like I say, is a life of experiences where you and I experience God on a personal relationship and those things that he reveals to you and in those things in which he shall reveal himself, it is the basis line of how every Christian relates with God. In other words, you go with the expectation that God can reveal himself in any way to me. I don't necessarily need to have, a, of course, I have had visitations of the Christ. Quite a number of them, okay? Some of them were personal convictions and experiences to get me from one place to another. And that is why I don't make experiences, personal experiences, as the standard. Why? Because men will seek after the wrong thing. Christ seeks a relationship above the experience. You understand? Do you understand? He seeks a relationship above the experience. He seeks that relationship above the experience. Otherwise, he will, if you seek an experience before the relationship, you might hit shipwreck. You understand? How are we together? So, it's, it's, it's through the lenses by which everyone relates with God. Now, if Paul, for example, is called to the Gentiles, he will respond by revelation to the Gentiles. That is why it's easy for him to sleep and you'll see a Macedonian calling him. Paul can't see a, a Jew calling him, you understand? Because the grace given to him was to the Gentiles. So when he's at sleep in the night, the Bible says, a vision appeared unto Paul in the night and there stood a man of Macedonia praying him, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord has called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Why? Because the primary responsibility of God was to first sort with Paul, who has God called you for? If he has called you for the Jews, I will reveal the Jews. If he has called you for the Gentiles, I will reveal for the Gentiles. God has not called you for everybody and God has not called the Christian to listen to everybody. I don't know if you understand. Because if you must understand and respect the spirit realm, the spirit realm has an order. You understand? The, the Holy Spirit is a spirit of order. Now when I talk about order, I'm not talking about just protocol. 
I'm talking about the order of the spirit. And that is why when Luke is speaking about his experiences, he says, For as many as have taken in hand to set forth in order declaration of those things which are most surely believed amongst us, he says, even as they delivered them unto us, okay, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, he says, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, meaning that there's a second, there's a third, there's a fourth, there's a fifth. And that is why in the scriptures it speaks of the primary oracles, the primary, the first principles of the oracles of God. That means that the secondary principles of the oracles, the third principles of the oracles, the fourth principles of the oracles. Same it is here. So, the Bible says it seems good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all these things, from the very first to write unto the in order, most excellent Theophilus. He says that everybody wrote about Jesus, but I drew back a bit and understood the order of the Spirit. Because if you don't understand the order of the spirit, it doesn't matter how much articulate your discourse is as a minister, you'll still minister this order. So some sermons seem in order, you understand? Because sometimes what people learn in theology school, which is okay, is to put that sermon, the outline, the this, the that, the body, the conclusion, remaining to the main point, you understand? But, but sometimes revival is not like that. Sometimes, sometimes they're first are last and the last are first. Are you hearing me? And in no sense am I saying that it is wrong to put an order in your summons. No, 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 no. It's very important. But the, I'm talking of the order of the spirit. If you don't understand the order of the things of the spirit, you will minister disorder and confusion. Even if it seems like you're ministering everything people understand. That is why when Paul is warning us about the corruption, you understand, the added ministry, you understand, of the devil to the children of God. He says, I fear least by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Anything that, that removes a man from the simplicity in Christ begins from corruption. When corruption comes, it complicates Christ. Now, People see that that simplicity in Christ means simple summons. And so the psalmist says, how long will thou love simplicity? This was a rebuke. Because when you look at the book of Psalms, the Bible says it comes to give the instruction of wisdom. You understand? He says, to give subtlety to the simple and to the young man knowledge and discretion. That's the essence of the scriptures. Begin from verse 3. He says, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, uh -huh, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and iniquity, and to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. He wants to find a simple man and give him subtlety, craftiness, depth, so that you don't, you don't speak the Bible like, like it is plain. You understand? It's the very reason why people don't attend services anymore. It's because the sermons are longer than the scriptures. So, you spend two hours in the sermon, but the man has read only one scripture. Then you read 40 scriptures and the man has a problem because he thinks the right way is to read only five scriptures. You, these guys don't deal carnally in the flesh. They are not receiving as men. You understand? Okay, you, you know them, but me, that's what I know about them. They are receiving as spirits. Are you hearing me? And I must have the faith that you understand. Why? Because that's the essence of the word. To give subtlety 
to them which are simple. That's why he rebukes them down. And he says, how long will you love simplicity? Why do people want things simple? So I'm not talking about that simplicity. No. I'm talking about the sim- in the New Testament dispensation. What he's talking about in the place of the simplicity which is in Christ is the way things must come in Christ. That's what he's talking about. Even though the Bible is deep, things are supposed to happen easy for us. You understand? The life we were raised in as Christians back in those years, everything was hard. Do you think it is easy to see God? That's the beginning of salvation. When you need to see God, me, I spent 200 days on the, on the mountain. It rained on me for two weeks. Then God appeared. And let me tell you, both ends will never satisfy men. The Bible says John the Baptist came fasting and without eating. They said he had a what? A demon. <laughs> Jesus ate too much. They said he's a glutton and a wine biber. Any of those extremes will expose you as a Christian. He says this guy came. He was fasting and without eating. And then they said, this guy is a, is a demon. He's a devil. When Jesus came eating with his disciples, the Bible says that he's what? <laughs> Wine Bible. You understand? But the next line says, but wisdom justifies her children. I don't know that you understand. Whether the man is fasting a lot or eating a lot, weigh the wisdom. Weigh the wisdom in his children. Weigh the wisdom. Weigh the wisdom. Where the wisdom. That's why we judge fruit. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen. Uh-huh. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And you say he has what? A devil. You understand? The son of man is coming eating and drinking. And you say behold, a gluttonous man and a wine biber, A friend of publicans and what? And sinners. And he says, but wisdom is justified of all her children. You understand? There was a wisdom in John the Baptist's fasting. There was a wisdom in Christ's eating. The end thereof is the justification of their children. So, for me, it's not what the man does and what he doesn't. For me, it's the results. Are you hearing me? It's the results. There are people, when they speak, you know they've had God. <laughs> are you hearing me? Because there's wisdom that can't be of man. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So, he says, I fear least by any means the devil should corrupt you from the simplicity which is in Christ. And sometimes the Spirit of the Lord revealed to me that sometimes this corruption I'm talking about comes when men don't understand the order of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit carries a certain order. Even in our ministration, there has to be a particular order. When you behold that order in the Spirit, you realize that your ministry will become successful. Your ministry will be a success. Why? Because you will minister in the order of the Spirit. Anywhere there is order, there is divine purpose. Anywhere there is divine purpose, mandates in men start to come out. And before you know that, men stop to just carry the blending of the lights by excitement of what is revealed to them to the place of carrying the burden of that very same. Why? Because the word must become a burden at a particular point. There is a point where a man will want to share the CD. He will want to sit down with somebody and tell him what he learned. 
He will want to pray for somebody. He will carry somebody to come to the meeting. Not because of anything, but they, they want to share. It's a burden now that all men should know. Are you hearing me? So, I'm carried in the spirit about 5 a.m. in the morning. And um, literally, I leave my bed. I could feel I'd left my body. The Lord carries me into a future and then places me there. Then in this future, I see a man of God. He's a leader in this nation. He's a pastor, okay? But I don't want to give details because that's not working in love. But I know him. I know his face. I know how he looks like. I know everything about him. I have seen, I saw everything. He's one of the most successful pastors in the country. He has many churches under him. He's a mature man. So in the vision, he was in a vessel, and that vessel crashed. And when it crashed, he died. So I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm here, the guy is there, people are weeping, and his wife, I could see the wife also, she's weeping. So I say, God, why has this guy crashed in this accident? What's wrong? What, what, why is this? So the Lord told me, behold, I'll show you. He carried me again. He, he reversed the man's life. You understand? He told me, I'm going to show you why he has died. When he reversed it, I was placed in the center, again, in the spirit. This time, I was above and the man was below. Like I was, I was about 10 meters off the ground and I could see this man. So in a vision, this man had cut his hair and it was looking like a mohawk. How many of you know the mohawk haircut? You know the mohawk? So it, it has a certain demonic thing to it. So he had cut a mohawk haircut. And I was surprised that this man at his age was cutting mohawk. And then in a few seconds, the haircut shifted and then he, it, he plaited. Hair again grew. And then he plated it, and it became gray. You understand? But the gray that seemed in the vision was not really gray. And if you're spiritual, you understand that gray hair represents wisdom, right? But in this vision, the gray hair was not really gray. In the vision I could see, he went and got gray color and put it in his hair. And, and, and men around were seeing that gray hair, and they were saying, wow, he's wise, he's wise, he's wise. So in the vision, he... After the moho haircut, he changes it and then ties it. But the way he ties it was another hairstyle I've seen. And the spirit told me this style is worldly. You understand? It's worldly. And then after that, the voice of the Lord told me. I knew what the hair was representing. You understand? And I knew the essence of the gray hair. Because God started to explain to me. But in a lump sum, I could conclude this way. That this man at a particular point in his life continued functioning in the gift of the spirit but in the wisdom of the world. I don't know if you understand. The gifts were working very well upon his life but in the wisdom which is of the world. And the Lord told me this is what killed him. I came out of the vision and I came back to my body. You understand? As of whether... You're talking of physical death or spiritual death. 
that will be for spiritual men to discern that. It's not my part. My part is, I had to ask God what is really wrong with this. And God said to explain to me over time that the representation of these things, sadly to say, it is the state of the church in our nation. The tree has leaves and it has very wonderful fruits, but the roots are shallow. You understand? We, we have the gifts. We heal, we cast out devils, we prophesy, we teach, we evangelize. As far as the gifts are concerned, we have wonderful results. We demonstrate the spirit, praise God, as far as the gifts are concerned. But I could see that the roots were shallow, praise God. So I started to carry now pain in my soul. And I said, God, how can we carry this kind of gifts, but without the wisdom to match that maturity of what is expected to the degree of how much these gifts function on us? I don't know whether I'm making sense. You understand? I don't know whether I'm making sense. And so... I could realize that many times the wisdom of this world has crept into the church unawares. Men don't know. But there are many things that come out of our pulpits and they're just wisdom of the world. They're not the wisdom of the spirit. There are many things that leave our lunch hours every day, our evening services every day, our overnights every day, our night prayers every day. But they are not the wisdom of God. They are the wisdom of men. You understand? Now, and again, we are blaming people for not coming to church anymore. Because we think people can't discern the difference between the wisdom which is of God and the wisdom which is of the world. Are you hearing me? He says, the wisdom which is from above, the Bible says, is firstly what? Peaceable. You understand? It is pure. It is peaceable. It's gentle. It's easy to be entreated. Full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Can we go step by step? Let's go back again. The wisdom that is from above, not of the world, from above is first what? Pure. That means that there is a necessity of people listening to something and it ministers the purity of the spirit. It's unadulterated. It's, it's not tempered with. It doesn't have another mind behind it. It is pure. Are you hearing me? It is life. They receive it and they feel like it is life. It is life. Give me the amplified of that. Yes. The wisdom from above is first of all pure, undefiled. People don't want to feel like what is shared has a certain defilement. Few things can defile. Few things can defile. A man can stand on a pulpit and he's bitter. Are you hearing me? He annoyed me. And to get equal with him, I have to go on the pulpit and shot him. You understand? So you get 4,000 people in Fanero, and then you put, you, you waste their time on your issue with him. I don't know whether I'm making sense. He wronged you. That's a fact. The Bible says if a brother wrongs you, call him. You understand? I don't have respect for a person who can't call another brother and then I hear him talking behind that brother. That's not wisdom from above. That's the wisdom of the world. That's the wisdom of the world. That's the wisdom of the world. If the sister wronged you, you call and tell her, my dear sister, this is what you did to me. Make peace and reconcile. 
Because that's the wisdom from above. It's firstly pure. It's not defiled. You understand? It's not defiled. So at the end of the day, I have an issue with him. And then the next thing you know, I cannot confront him. So what do I do? I make a sermon for him. <laughs> but there are 3,000 people, 4,000, who have come to pray. They left their workplace at 6 p.m. Their children at home, they've not yet done homework. They don't know how to cross Ginger Road. They don't even, probably some of them don't even have transport back home. They are tired. They had a long day. And then they come in that meeting and I'm having an issue with him. I'm wasting their time. And they don't come back and I look for them and say, I ca- come on, I have an issue. You understand what I'm saying? And he says, list the root of bitterness. You know, I'm bitter with him. Springing out of you, the Bible says, and thereby many are defiled. Many are defiled. Remember, it doesn't defile. The other wisdom doesn't defile. You understand? But here he says, you follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man, no man shall see God. In other words, I cannot see God if I have an issue with him. I have to first pursue peace with him. You understand? Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, you get troubled, and thereby many be defiled. Before you know that, there are also people who are also defiled with you. They've probably already clerked that you're talking about him. They've joined your camp. You're all now having... You understand? There are another 2,000 who don't know the story and they are not interested because they did not waste their time to come from home to come and hear you people fighting. This is not with worship preachers only. It's in worship. It's in worship. Gospel. Somebody sings. You understand? They're behind the, the mic. They're singing. You understand? And then she has an issue with the other sister. But she needs to show the other sister that even though, even though you abused me, you might, you, might, you might be good at abusing, but me, I am going to beat you at the voice, baby. So they sing in tongues. And this one is saying, yeah, sing on amateur, sing. Sing, sing amateur. I am coming. Where you've put two syllables, I'll put four. Why you've done ah, ah, I'll put ah, ah, ah. If you put ah, 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 I'll put ah, 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 ah. If you put ah, 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 I'll put ah, So she waits. Like a pro. Saying how much a single. And I'm going to show you. And after that, she's done. She, she, she shows her, look, I don't even want to start from your note because of the issues I have with you. Let me first calm the thing down. Somebody worship God. Worship God. What is she saying in the back? She's saying, the amateur has finished. Now let me show you what I'm really made of.
is hearing, he goes down, Mark. Birds of the same feather. Chances are that the guy who went down did not go down by the Holy Ghost. He went down because him and the sister, there's something they share. ministry because they are tired of competition they are just tired of competing I just don't want to get to a point where it looks like you and I are competing Jesus did not call us into competition he called us in perfect unity as every joint supplies that there might be no schisms a man of God gets on Facebook and says, I want to debate this brother on Facebook, social media. There are people who are born again two weeks. One week. Have you ever had Muslims debating on, on Facebook? No, on the Quran? Have you ever had sorcerers debating on Facebook on the Quran? No. Only these guys who don't have the wisdom. You're sitting at meat. And you don't realize that your meat could stumble another brother. Have faith to yourself. If you have an issue... Call the guy, take him in your inbox. Box each other. <laughs> in your inbox. It should not be hard that a Christian is fighting another Christian on social media. Because there's a Muslim who wants to come to Christ. And he's observing us. Displaying foolishness. On social media. And some of these men are in the gospel. 30 years, 40 years. They don't understand that wisdom. That's why Jesus could not live in the days of social media. I know he's like me. He couldn't manage. Me, yeah, I'm not on Facebook. I cannot manage. I cannot. I just, it's just too much. I mean, share what's on your mind. Really? That's what Facebook says, isn't it? What's on your mind? I wish they change and say, what's in your spirit? for all of you shall flow rivers of living water what is in your spirit no what's on your mind devil's workshop you start I'm going to bathe I finished eating the whole world is reading I'm going to the kitchen I finished going to the kitchen I'm... Now people know who they are, who their children are, who people's husbands are, where they go. I said, we can just go on Facebook and know who you are. Leave a little mystery on you. The whole world has your phone number. They can call you anytime. Listen, Christians, if you're on Facebook, let's just preach. Use it as a tool for the gospel. For the gospel. Hallelujah. Because look at it this way. Look at it this way. If a Christian can spend four hours on Facebook and can't spend ten minutes in the presence of God, which wisdom are they functioning under? 
Don't you realize this thing has put us in bondage? Four hours, you're, you're checking. MBs are over, you even become sick. You're like, your temperature changes because you don't have MBs. supposed to change because you got a mystery temperature is supposed to change because the Holy Ghost came in your room temperature is supposed to change because the presence of God so he says it's first of all pure it's undefiled and he says it is peaceable in as there's a ministry of peace it ministers in the hearer and the one ministering That's the confidence that people get to settle in one ministry. Because it gives them peace. It doesn't matter how the other ministry is deep. Here, when I'm here, they talk to my spirit. You understand? But Christians of our day, you understand? They are, they are more faithful to Facebook than even their church. They can't say to. Chikubira wa lero. Chikubira wa. Ah. Then they are where is it else? They are where? Ah. Let me tell you. Those things border around witchcraft. You ask people who are in the world. Abali wasamideko. Ngawebaku gamba musawo. Asomolo kuteleze chintu jolaga. Okay, let me translate it. Some of you who have ever done witchcraft, when they tell you there is a guy in Masaka, you go to Masaka. When they tell you there is one in Lira, you go to Lira. When they tell you there is one in Chabakuza, you go in Chabakuza. There is one in Kabale, you go. If you did that for a witch doctor and you're still doing it in church, chances are you never left witchcraft. <laughs> Settle in the ministry. Be planted, be watered, be filled there. Are you hearing me? Not only your man of God. Are you hearing me? If they say anything about your man of God, you tell them now relationship over. Sorry. That's a business. Why? Because I know ministers who thrive by, by bashing other ministers. Wisdom from above. Do you know there are men who survive by telling other people what the, the wrongness of other people? He called us to preach Christ. That's our calling. Dead and resurrected. He says, it is peace-loving, cautious, considerate, gentle. It is willing to yield to reason, full of compassion and good fruits. It is wholehearted, straightforward, impartial, unfeigned, free from doubts, wavering, and sincerity. Can you, can you go back to KJV? I wanted you to read that part. It is easy to be entreated. It is full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Christians are hypocrites. And more so, men who stand behind the pulpit. So, we produce hypocrisy and then we put it in the people. You understand? Can't 
I'm sorry, my American people. Christians, they, they, what they do to each other, just what they do between each other, it can shock you. Some people don't even want to go back to church anymore because of what they've done to each other. Some people have lost peace because of what other people are doing to each other. Hypocrisy. It's in there. And it begins on the pulpit. And it goes in the masses. That's not the wisdom from above. That's not the wisdom from above. Are you hearing me? Now, because we have employed in our spirits the wisdom which is of this world, everything that comes as the wisdom of God is too hard for us to interpret. Because it's not revelation. It's counterattack. It's counterattack. It's counterattack. Somebody looks at it as a threat when you speak truth. These days when truth is spoken, you become a threat. Back in those days when the truth was spoken, men would embrace it and get on their knees and repent and say, God help me. Today when the truth is spoken, the man realizes his ministry is coming to an end. And you have exposed. You understand? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You understand? It's like when we started preaching the grace of God. Somebody has built a school on the law. <laughs> he has built a home on the law. Educated these children on the law. You understand? Gone live on radio and everything on the law. Then you start to preach grace. And he says, uh, uh, this is breaking my ministry. Let me tell you. God didn't call us to build ministry. He called us to preach him. He is the one who builds it. He says, on this rock, I will build my church. When a church is built by men, it will go down. When a church is built by Christ, it's established on a foundation, a solid rock. The reason why some people protect their ministries, it is because they're the ones who built them. Me, I don't. Musimanya also go on Facebook. No, even me. Uh, no, no, no. I didn't build. So God, protect Fanero. Protect Fanero. You're the one who built it. It's not my business. My name. You, Kube. Kube, my name. Go ahead. He's one you can't touch. He's inside you. He's inside me. He's called Christ. You understand where I'm coming from? Are we together, Christians? Are, we, are you with me? So, we, we, we now have an issue where I have to choose whether I build church or Christ builds church. If I build church, it will definitely break. The Bible says nothing built which was not planted of the Lord shall not fail. <laughs> Anything which was not of the planting of the Spirit of God, it shall go down one day. It doesn't matter how long, it will go down. Even if it's a business, if it's a job, it's a marriage, marry all you want. But begin with the foundation. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Every plant which my heavenly father has not planted, it shall be. I am conscious to build on Christ. I'm so conscious. You understand? Woman, wait. If God hasn't spoken to you, doesn't matter how eh, the guy, eh, you wait. Say God, speak. Speak. Are you hearing me? We have to get to a point where even people respect the integrity we have for God's word and his voice. Yeah. That a man knows if God hasn't spoken to that guy, even if you push him on a wall, he won't go. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. 
It doesn't matter how many people are saying God the other way. If God hasn't spoken it, I don't do it. Why? Because if it's not a planting of the Lord, as surely as the Lord lives, even if it takes 20 years, it will go down one day. Are you with me? Are you with me? Now, now do you understand why some wisdoms are sold? Some things are sold. Some wisdoms are sold. And I mean wisdom sold. Truth sold. Knowledge sold. You understand? We were told to buy it. Pay every price to get knowledge. But never put yourself in a place where you're selling it. Or you're putting a condition for men to access it by money. You're conditioning. You understand? Conditioning in the sense that if you don't give me a hundred, me, I've seen those things in different nations. The guy says, if you don't give me a hundred thousand dollars, I'm not standing on the pulpit. And men are paid to. And the gifts move. You understand? And then the gospel becomes commercial. You understand? You understand? So then I ask myself, if this is the state of where we are at as a church, how much wisdom appears to be of God and it's really not of God? How many things do we have in our spirit that look like they're the wisdom of God, but they're not the wisdom of God? Because let me tell you something. There is nothing that is disturbing Christianity in our nation. And I, this you can bear me witness, everyone listening to me. Like a point where you feel like you have done everything the Bible says according to what you are taught, and you still don't have results. There are people here, and if you talk about fasting, they have fasted more than anybody. Every conference they go to, there is just that one thing you need to add on. Now you've been praying. Now add on this one. If you add on this one, everything will be okay. You understand? People have done things, and they've still not seen God. Small truths. The Bible says that you've not received the spirit of this world. No. The spirit of this world tells you you don't have and you lack. The Bible says you've received the spirit which is of God that you might know the things which are freely given. People are not supposed to be coming for, for Fanero to get a car. No. You're supposed to come to know what you have been freely given. The Bible says that that spirit that you might know the things which are freely given to us of God. Imagine the beginning of the gospel is supposed to be a man coming to know what they have in God. But today, the wisdom of this world is teaching men the things they don't have and the things they must do to get those things. Before you know that men are doing everything you want them to do, there is nothing they've not done in the book. They're still not receiving it because they're at the place where even the things that are supposed to be free, they think they're of price. And that is why when they get to the things that are really of price, they don't know the difference. The things they must really pursue, they don't know the difference. Because even the things they are not supposed to pursue, they were told they are supposed to pursue because they are not free. You see, you're not God and me. What I'm trying to say is this. All these things in God are free. You understand? The beginning of salvation is the persuasion of the things that accompany salvation. That when we go to God to seek him, we don't seek him for these things. You understand? We seek instruction on how to function. We don't seek for these things. Now the devil has gotten us busy in addressing need. 
Today, if you don't preach in a direction of need, people won't come for service because every time they are in need, you understand? That is why I fear for some people. The Bible speaks of a certain experience where it says that one day Jacob will be rooted and Israel will produce fruit. You understand? One day there's going to come a time where the, 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 he shall cause them that come of Jacob to take root. And when they all take root, they are all established. You understand? Israel shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the world with fruit. When that experience comes in the world, you realize that certain people might not come back to church again. Because listen, you're telling me about money, I have it. You're telling me about car, I have it. You're telling me about marriage, I have it. You're telling me about divine health, I have it. What brings me to church anymore? We want things in church where even if a man has everything, there is something again he will hear and say, yeah! I have to come to church. That's why we can't preach to certain people. Because they have whatever we are preaching. If the church has refused to leave the level of basic food, you understand? We've refused to leave that level. Every time we are telling people, you'll eat food in the name of Jesus. You'll eat food. You'll eat food. Then somebody gets a plastic chair, even the anointing. Boah! You understand? We'll eat food in the name of Jesus. You'll not sleep hungry. Then somebody remembers they did eat. Then they hug you up. You preached my sermon. We want to get to a point where money I have, you understand? Marriage I have, the anointing I have, but I want something that when I sit in service, you can still put something in my spirit that money can't buy. That's what makes the things of God bottomless. That we will get to a point where men just come to hear the beauty of who God is. That the things that excite us are not because I got a car or a house. No. No, we have all those things, but we are still hungry for God. No, we have marriage, but we are still hungry for God. Do you know there are people who are praying because they are single? We see you worshiping and we think you love God. No, darling. You just want Martin. Let Martin come. You start sending messages. I'm sorry, I won't be able to make it. I, I might come next week or maybe next year. Ah, I don't know, Musumba. You know, these days I have children. Let me tell you, there are parents here who have children. There was a time people used to come for service because they are stressed. There was a time people used to come for service because they are depressed. And then we preached to their depression. And then they went back home. Then the devil stressed them. Then we preached their stress. Then we we unstressed them. Then the devil makes them sick. Then we get them healed. Then the devil gets them sick. They come to church. We preach their sickness out. Then they go back home. Then they get out of job. Then they come for Fanero. Then you pray for them. Then they get a job. Then they go. They disappear. So the devil realized he can literally keep men out of truth by engaging them in need. You as Christians, divine purpose, what did God call you to do? They don't know. Divine purpose. 
Not that I've attained, Paul says, but I seek that I may apprehend that which Christ apprehended me for. How many go to the presence of God and say, what do you want with me? No, we have refused to point men to the need of the person of Christ. We are pointing to their need as long as me, my need. And after service, some of them come. Many of them don't come to be filled of the Holy Ghost, to heal the sick and cast out devils. No, I have a problem with my marriage, my family, my job, my DVD player. And it's okay, we have prayed for those things every day. But a time has to come where a man says, I want what's inside you. I want the Holy Ghost. We are not hungering for the things of the Spirit. We are hungering for the things that are carnal and are done with their own doing. Men don't lock themselves up in the room to say, God, deal with me. Men lock themselves up in the room because they feel rejected. Let them reject you. What's the point? There's a guy who will never leave you nor forsake you. He said... You still have business to be stressed because a guy locked you. Let him reach. You still have God. I said you still have God. So, are you going to blame men why they no longer read the Bible? They no longer go for heaven to seek the face of God. Simple need. Minister to my need. We're like prostitutes. We're playing hold with God. Because the difference is they stand on the streets. For us, we pick it in meetings. I want, 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 I want this, I want that. Add me, more, more Lord, give me more, 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 more what, more money, more, 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 promotion, promotion, more, 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 more. So Christians have hoarded, they are holding and holding, even stuff they will never use, you understand? Stuff they will never use. They are waxing fat. They are about to kick. Are you hearing me? We want to raise a generation where a man can say, okay, I might not have a job. Yes. But I want God. A certain musician was singing a song and he said a statement and he said, I know you want, you want something from God. This is what the musician said. But I advise you to seek him. You'll get those things. And the Lord told me that's not the right way. Because it means a man is going to go to God to seek him such that he gets those things. Are you hearing me? You, I want more. I want more. If you seek God, those things will come. I want more of you, God. You understand? Meaning there is a certain lust. They ask and receive not because they want to consume it on their own lust. The reason why God can't give certain ministers churches, huge churches, it's not because they've not asked for churches. God, I want a big church. But what do they want to consume it over? That they also start to be called bishop. They hold their... their, their... Let me tell you, there is a man I know. You don't enter his office when you're not walking like this. If you don't go on your knees, you don't enter, you go back. Why? He's anointed. And that is why I tell Christians, the hardest thing for any minister to do is to examine themselves. We can easily examine everyone. That one, I suspect they have this. But the place where we all examine ourselves and say, God, why am I really asking for the ministry? Why am I really asking for this business? Why am I really asking for this, for this marriage? Oh, I, I want to get married because I'm lonely. I feel I'm old. Oh, 
Paul, how do you marry because you're lonely? Where is Jesus? Ever present help in times of need? The one that sticks closer than a brother? Where is Jesus? Get married for divine purpose. I'm lonely. I feel it is the time. No, that's not why we marry. We marry to build the kingdom. We do business to do the kingdom. We get jobs to build the kingdom. We raise children to build the kingdom. We do everything for the sake of the kingdom. Nothing more, nothing less. I know why some of you are not saying amen. Need. Need. So, you ask, receive not. Why? You want to consume it on your last. Why do you really want a car? I want to prove to Jessica. The day she buys it, she makes sure she passes Jessica's home. I just drive slowly and she acts like she's not looking there. Then she goes back home and says, Jessica, you end up yet? What the Lord has done for me, I cannot tell you. Cars are tools of the gospel. Houses are opportunities to make the servants of God sleep well. Do you understand what I mean? Everything is in the testament. Even our blood. Has the wisdom which is from above. Now, because we have not even, that's why you realize, I try so much to prove that these things are free. Such that we will get to a point where the body of Christ can freely access. Says when you need something, you don't even struggle for 40 days of fasting. You just get it. And it's there just to make you comfortable to serve God. Because whether perfect, apostle, whether teacher, whether prophet, whether pastor or evangelist, every one of them must perfect for the work of ministry. It's okay if I see that your husband is coming on Thursday, but it's another where I have to question, how does it perfect you? For the work of ministry. Today what excites us is, oh my God, he saw that I was sick. Yeah, that's okay. We, they can see. Everyone will see. But what is that part that perfects you for the work of ministry? Is what they saw perfecting you? Is what they preached perfecting you? Is what they taught perfecting you? Is what they did perfect? Is it perfecting you for the work of ministry? To the edification of the body. So you find very blessed spiritual babies. They have everything. But they are young in the spirit. They've worked for us and more. More, Lord. Now, this is my conclusion. When we cannot get the revelations of the things free, we cannot really start to seek God. I don't really understand. If you have not had the fullest revelation of what is free, you can never really start to seek God. Because the beginning, the true beginning of seeking God is the revelation of the things that are free. Even your lifestyle in prayer changes. Because 
the freedom to access comes with a cautious responsibility of asking God the leading of stewardship than the place when a man doesn't know what they have. Because in that indifference, they labor all their lives attaching themselves to what they need. Let me tell you, some of you are at peace, but if they gave you a million dollars now, you'd sweat. Why? Because that million dollars comes with responsibility. Now, they are, the church is supposed to be anxious because of how much we have. We're not supposed to be anxious because we lack. I'm supposed to go on my bed saying, God, of these gifts you've given to me, what am I doing in the kingdom? No, what we are going to God for is God. I don't have. I don't have. Give me. I don't have. I don't have. Give me. You understand what I'm telling you? A man who doesn't have carries the anxiety of not having. A man who knows that now he has the liberties to access carries the anxiety of responsibility because of the fear of how much has been bestowed in his hands. To whom much is given, much is required. Therefore, there is an ultimate heartbeat that starts to pump in your spirit every day asking yourself, because I have this, what am I supposed to do? Because I have this. Let me tell you. Do you know why people don't even move in the spirit of greatness? It is simple. Because they've not taken responsibility for the greatness they carry in their soul. Let me tell you. When I was at university, God showed me thousands of people. Thousands upon thousands. Second year. My prayer changed. When I was in university, I never used to pray, oh God, give, give me people. No. I always told them, God, what, what should I feed them? What should I feed them? What should I feed them? How will I do it? What must I do to prepare myself for that responsibility? Because it is coming. When you get a job and you're an employee, do you realize that the moment you get that job description and then they reveal to you how much training you have to go through through the process of orientation, your eyes start to open to how much responsibility there is. In fact, some of them, the moment they go out of the orientation process, some of them even quit because they realize how much work they have because of the job they've received. HR people, you understand what I mean? You understand? We are supposed to carry that anxiety. I am anointed to heal the sick. How many sick are healed? I'm anointed to bless the poor. How many poor have I given? I'm anointed to change nations. How many nations have I gone to? I'm anointed to teach. What am I doing? How am I teaching? Are we anointed as a couple to reach out to this? How are we doing? That's the anxiety we're supposed to be having. But the devil has shifted us from the anxiety of men who must carry responsibility to the anxiety of men who lack. Now, we are addressing lack and need. We don't have. I 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 don't have. God, I don't have. We don't have. If you had given us this, we would be this. So all their lives they labor to want to get and everything they get seems like it's never enough before you know that they are 60 and they've not won a soul to Christ. Not done anything to win a soul to Christ. They go to their graves comfortable and greedy and detached from the reality which is of the spirit. That is not how so we learn Christ. This movement is supposed to be on the streets. You wait for the next street preaching. Some of you, I'm going to drag you there by force. I swear upon God. Why? Because we need to tell our children that we lived for God. We didn't live for anything else. We, listen, we will do everything in our own power to prove to the next generation that these guys knew God, they lived for God. You understand? Imagine the responsibility. There is a prophet here. They've not even opened their mouths. 
But everything that comes out of their spirits every day spells that they're supposed to be redeeming a nation. There's a teacher here. They're supposed to be teaching hundreds and hundreds of people. They've shuttled that dream and frustrated it. Killed potential. And they're still believing God for a job and a little business down the store. Why? Because every time we come in the presence of God, they're addressing personal needs. One time I went to an orphanage and I found a little boy. He was about three. And he came to me and told me, I want you to pray for me. And I asked him, why? I told him, I want to serve God. I cried. I cried. I cried. I said, God, this three-year-old wants to serve God? And I meet Christians every day and they don't ask those prayers. They don't ask for them. They don't ask for them. Because the God of this world has blinded us from the freedom and things we access freely. He has put them far from us. That's why we compete with each other. That is why we are stingy. That is why we hold back. Because we are poor in our brains. That is why we don't seek God like we ought to. You're too devoted to your job. You can wake up every day at 8 and then leave at 6 p.m. You're working for men. And then you can't go for a Sunday service because you work the whole week. Listen, that's the very reason why you wake up on Sunday and say, God, even if I work Monday to Saturday, I'll go and pray. Because you're more important than my job. I know why some of you are not clapping. Though. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I have come to the responsibility now to teach everything free. To shift men from casting shadows on the things they lack. That they peradventure will get to the understanding of God. I think it's more than this stuff. What do you really want from me? Imagine every joint supplying that there might be no schisms. Imagine. Do you know if we wanted next Thursday, this number can double? If we want. One person brings one and that's it. Don't do it now because we might not have space to put them. But I'm just showing you the potential of power we have in this room. Soon we'll be determining issues. We'll be determining very important decisions in our nation. You understand? Things money can't buy. Why? Because many of you are going to be positioned to these things. Going, God is going to position you in those places freely and easily. That when you stand in those offices, wherever you are, you make a decision and say, For God and my country. For God and my country. For God and my country. I see magistrates who are going to make some of the most distinctive decisions in our nation. For God and my country. They'll bring millions of dollars on your table and you tell them, darling, I'm more expensive than millions of dollars because greater is he which is in me than the devil in the world. I didn't get this job to feed my children. I got this job because I have a ministry. God told me that for your children I shall teach and their peace shall be many. Even if I was not working, God will provide for them. If you can provide for the birds in the air, this is nothing. We are in offices because we want to prove a point. Jesus dead and resurrected. That when you wake up in the morning, you go to God and say, what am I going to do to that my workplace? To get the attention of Jesus. The attention. One time I was in the banking hall, a certain Sudanese girl came. Sylvia is my witness. They called me. A girl was dying in the bulk. You remember those years? She was dying in the bulk. Dying. They called me apostle. Somebody's dying here. I said, okay. Banker, switch on apostle. Mantakaya. Saraba. I went in the bulk. I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed now. She breathed. Where do you guys pray from? 
Ask Sylvia. That is why I speak upon your life. In this kind of anointing, lust is destroyed. You're not accessing things anymore because of lust. You're accessing things because you have a mandate. And I decree and declare, may God position you in places of influence. I say it again. May the Lord Jehovah God, before whom we serve and stand, position you in positions of influence for the sake of the gospel. May your heart pant every morning for no one else but Christ, but to fulfill his desire in your life. That your husband will know Christ is priority. That your wife will know Christ is priority. That your days of service are days of service. That your children will know that they can interfere with anything but not your, your service. That people will understand that you hold nothing before God. May God raise you up. May God make you shine for this reason. Saints, after that vision, I could see that the replacements in the body of Christ were imminent. Some of you, God is going to anoint you so early. He's going to consecrate you so early. I feel the anointing that elevates men for the sake of the gospel. Simply for the sake of the gospel. There are men we need to touch and reach in this nation. Receive it. 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 Change nations. Change countries. Change districts. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. I pray for us that we will hunger for what is really of God. That we will spend and be spent for the sake of the gospel. That we will count all things but loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. For whom we count all things but damn that we may win Christ. That we will not put anything above Christ. That we will not put anything before Christ. That we will not lay anything before the ministry. God position you in places where our nation needs revival. God position you in places where our nation needs answers. Corruption will end by us. Frauds will end by us. Innocent life shed by murderers and, 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 and evil men. That is going to stop by you and I. As God positions us in those places, God will make you a voice. I decree and I declare that the hills of this nation will provide for you. That the mountains will flourish and bad because of you. That righteousness will reign through us. God kill any form of lust in our souls and awaken our spirits to the ultimate testimony. Ministry. 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 The wisdom from above rests in our spirits and it is pure and it is peaceable and it's not hypocritical it does not seek its own Father help us help us examine us 
if there be any ungodly lust in our souls, kill it. Kill it. But we must seek you for the right reasons. Let every man and woman be persuaded of the things that accompany salvation and the fullest illumination in their spirit that all these things are free. That we might really start to seek you for who you are and not for what you can give but for who you are. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, please put up your hand and I pray with you now. You want to be born again? Say, I've never been born again. I feel I want Jesus today. We don't want to close this without giving you the opportunity. Is there anybody here? Just put up your hand. Don't fear. Have you seen a hand somewhere? I see a hand at the back. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. If you have put up your hand, repeat these words after me. I see somebody in the back. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe with my heart. Confess with my mouth that you died and rose again. And from today henceforth, you are not only Savior, but Lord of my life. Amen. Now I commit you to God the word of his grace which is able to keep you and give you an inheritance amongst them which are sanctified in Jesus mighty name the message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International for more information contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com you can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org or better still feel free to join us every thursday for our weekly fellowships at uma multipurpose hall from 5 p.m to 8 p.m you can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash fenero fenero make manifest Thank you.